T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sports Radio 550. Okay, sorry, my internet was moving really slow. I just, you know. In, in this day and age, I should have the highest speed of internet. Like, I don't have time for buffering. You personally. I'm, uh, me and my collective people, we deserve more than buffering. I, it's the year 2021. I shouldn't see or, or even think about the word buffering, but here I am. All right, listen. Joining me now from the Locked On Sports Network, joining me, Alex Clancy. He is the host for Locked On Cardinals. You can follow him on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. He's joining the program for his second ever show. The first one went so well that I invited him back for another one. However... Here's the thing, folks. If you go to his Twitter, you're going to notice a little background thing. And it says, hey, here's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. But, oh, here's the Hail Mary play picture. For, and there, there's Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Alex, um, how are you, my friend? How's your summer been going, man? And your, your lead-up to training camp here. How, how's, how are things, man? You know, it's good. It's, um, it's exciting. And, yeah, you know, a lot's happened between the, uh, the Cardinals and the Bills since we last talked, man. Um, Quite a lot. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, that must have been heart wrenching for you. But yeah, no, summer's been great. Um, training camp leading up to and, and the preseason, it's. I have no idea what the hell's going to happen, and it's super exciting to see. You know, it's it, there's there's no real uh, blueprint for. Well, we can guarantee that this will work. We don't know yeah. any of those things for the Cardinals going into 2020. Well, I think the fun thing about the Cardinals, and you know, before let's let's do this before we even get into the division because that's the fun part about the Cardinals is that game that we were we were just kind of alluding to and joking about that the Hail Mary game, the Monday Night Football. It was one for the ages. It was just a as fun of a back and forth offensive juggernaut type of game. I think maybe the best play of Josh Allen's career is probably going to be the most overlooked play in NFL history of him taking his team down and throwing that out route against Patrick Peterson at the corner to Stephon Diggs. Like, that was an iconic play, and it won't be remembered at all in the, in the annals of history. So, like, and I think to the both teams, though, the funny part about that play, Alex, is it felt like after that play, the, the, the hangover from that play, I think both teams went in the opposite direction of what you would think would happen from that type of play, where, man, that type of play happens to the Bills, maybe that derails their entire season, and instead, they sort of used it as motivational juice to get to the AFC Championship game, and they obviously lost to Kansas City, but, you know, the Cardinals ended up making the playoffs. Like, it felt like that moment, team, the teams went maybe in other directions than maybe you would have thought after that play happened. For sure. I mean, 
It was an incredible play, but the thing about Kyler Murray that's great and also um, mysterious is that after the game, all he wanted to do was go play video games with his boys. Like He was like, yeah, that was a cool win. Um, I get to go play video games with my boys. So the level-headedness of Kyler um, will pay dividends in the future, but you're right. The second half of the season, in my opinion, was predicated solely upon the inability of Kyler Murray to run the ball effectively. Mm. Because that was the main catalyst. And I, Bo Brock, my co-host, Lockdown Cardinals, we disagree on this a lot. I think that Kyler Murray's legs bail out Cliff Kingsbury myriad times a game. Mm. It's so many times a game. And when defensive coordinators on the opposing sidelines see that, they're like, well, all we have to do is stack eight like he's a running back and make him throw the ball. And Cliff Kingsbury isn't well-equipped to call plays for a full NFL game yet. So that's really was that really, in my opinion, was one of the main downfalls down the stretch of the Cardinals. The fact that they lose two games to backup quarterbacks, week sixteen to week seventeen, even though Kyler went out for the majority of week seventeen, was I mean, it's throw upable yeah. is, is the term that I use. Yeah, and listen, like I I view this season for the Cardinals as such an important one, right? Because the Cliff Kingsbury. I want maybe I want to stop short of using the word experiment because I don't think it was an experiment. I thought, you know, listen, this is a guy that just got fired at Texas Tech and was potentially taking over as the offensive coordinator at a Power Five conference school. Not really like the greatest NFL head coach resume, but I think the move made a lot of sense. I liked the move in, for a lot of reasons, but I think this is a make or break year for him because this is a team that is built to win right now. I mean, they've got one of the best receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. They go out and they they pick up A.J. Green. They draft Rondell Moore. They go out and get James Conner to replace uh, Ken... Um, to, to replace Drake, and now you've got like this offensive unit that looks like it could be very legit, and now you look on the defensive side of the ball, they lose Patrick Peterson, but they add J.J. Watt. Hopefully you get something more out of Isaiah Simmons this year, and they go out and they draft um, the kid from uh, the linebacker. Now his name is escaping me, even though I talked about him for the entire pre-draft process. Um, but I, I would would you agree that the the sentiment that this is a real make-or-break year for, for Cliff Kingsbury, that's like that's a right thing to say? Yeah. I mean, I was I was in the camp of uh, Belichicking it and just firing him last year. Mm. Like I, that that would have been me because the the nightmare come to life would be the Cardinals starting two and five and then firing him midseason. Yeah, and and that's something that you want to avoid. I don't think he's shown enough to get him there. Um, but yes, it, it make or break year. Sure. I mean, it's more in terms of. Kyler Murray now in his third year of his rookie scale contract, so now he's no longer an inexpensive option yep. for this year. I mean, I'm sure they're going to want to try and extend them early so they can get ahead of the you know inflation and the, and the quarterback contract curve. But the thing that people miss, because yes, they added you know JJ Watt's great, added Malcolm Butler's great, David Collins and and Isaiah Simmons are two of the tallest inside linebackers in the NFL in NFL history, and they're playing alongside each other, which blows my mind. Um, <laughs> the offense is supposed to be the strength of this team, and it's not. And the reason for that is the offensive-minded head coach, and if the strength is not the offense of the Arizona Cardinals, what the hell is he doing here? Like, that, that's something that just blows my mind. And sure, they're still learning. Last year they showed that the offense can work. I equate Cliff Kingsbury's offense to a great trailer. Entourage is one of my favorite shows of all time. The Medellin trailer was something that they were able to sell, but the movie was garbage. He can sell a great trailer of a play calling, you know, uh, excerpts of play calling, but the, but the movie's terrible. He mm. can't do it for a full game. 
So, yes, make or break, absolutely. I thought last year was make or break for him. But the offense is what needs to evolve this year. The defense was fine last year. Vance Joseph was the best best coach in the coaching room. Yeah. So the offense is the one that needs to step up, put their big boy pants on, and, and win some games and not rely on the defense. Alex Clancy here of Locked On Cardinals. He's on the Western Hotline. We're talking Arizona's 2021 outlook, some of the draft, some of the offseason moves. Obviously, the, the offseason move probably that everyone will – maybe look to in this offseason as sort of the marquee offseason move was the addition of J.J. Watt. And, you know, I, I could tell you firsthand, the Bills were were in that. I think this was between the Bills and the Cardinals, ultimately. And I think J.J., you know, kind of decides to go to a place with the warmer weather um, and the better facilities. Overall, what are you and what is this fan base expecting of J.J. Watt at this point in his career? He's already shown. Since I mean, before the before training camps really even started, I mean, he's completely shifted the culture of this team. Um, I tweeted out and I got a lot of flack for it that JJ Watt's already done more than Patrick Peterson ever did in the leadership role in his in his entirety here. People people commonly um, misplace great player for great leader, mm. and JJ Watt's come in. He's like, listen, this is him. This is him. It's not, it's not a ploy. It's not, hey, I want to get in the good graces so I can you know, get more money after this year. The dude cares. Look at what he did for Houston, raising millions and millions of dollars after the hurricane. When their goal was like 50K to start, this is what the dude does. He's already got Zayvon Collins you know, doing somersaults, rolling down a fairway because he got to bring him breakfast before they're around. Like, it's, it's different. So the expectations are already being filled because the Cardinals have never had a vocal leader. Not in the last decade. Larry Fitzgerald's a great lead by example, great locker room guy. J.J. Watt's a leader. And on the field, what I hope he'll be on the field is the Indomitian Sioux, Chandler Jones, Aaron Donald. Just somebody that forces double teams from opposing up to spring the linebackers and spring Chandler Jones. Mm. Like, I'm not looking for 15 sacks from J.J. Watt, you know, circa whatever, 2012. <laughs> That's not it anymore. Him on the wearing 99 for an Arizona Cardinals, being on the field is enough. I mean, he'll get sacked, he'll pressure, he'll get knocked But it's really about everybody getting back while teams have to game plan for him. Any real output would be a bonus. He'll get output. I'm not saying that he's 38 years old and won't do it like, you know, Terrell Suggs when he went to Kansas sure. City. But um, just leadership and 70% of what he was, that would be a fantastic expectation. It's totally attainable. So I, I mentioned kind of in, in, in the lead-in about the entertaining part of I think the most entertaining part of the Cardinals is how you try to figure out where they slot in this division I mean you look at San Francisco they over the past three seasons have lost more you know time on the field from their starters than any team in the league and they're still maintaining a level of competitiveness I think they've got one of the best linebackers in football in Fred Warner I think the Trey Lance pick is grossly interesting to me. Like, I think it's overly interesting on how that situation plays out. Does Jimmy G start the season? Is Trey Lance walking in as the starter, right? Then you look at, you know, what happened in this offseason with Seattle. They go out and they get Gerald Everett, who I like in adding to that offensive room. They, they are, you know, making some moves on the offensive line. But that division to me is... One of it's got to be the story because, and then, well, I forgot the Rams, by the way, Matt Stafford, right? So, like, all the storylines of this division, 
have the Cardinals maybe been overlooked? I mean, I can tell you that from my perspective, I feel like they're always overlooked in that division. I think everyone wants to talk about the Rams. Everyone wants to talk about the 49ers. They get to the Seahawks. They're like, oh, yeah, the Cardinals are in that division. Like, do you expect that to sort of be what you're walking into this season and, and that the Arizona Cardinals have an uphill, uphill battle to climb, especially if, if San Francisco is healthy? That is the best division in football, and it's not close. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's uphill. Like, you have death taxes in Seattle winning 10 games, yep. I mean, regardless of what their roster is. You have two of the most undervalued linebackers in the NFL. You mentioned Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner. I mean, the tough part with the Cardinals, so yes, uphill climb, to answer your question succinctly, yes. The issue with the rest of the division is, even though Steve Kime has wheeled and dealed and brought in uh, DeAndre Hopkins and signed J.J. Watt, they are far and away behind the other three teams in the arms race. Always Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks are always poking around every big-time free agent, every big-time uh, guy that's on the trade block. Every one. All three of those are linked to them. And look at what they did with Jamal Adams, bringing Carlos Dunlap in with Seattle. San Francisco, a point of contention with, with my co-host and myself talking on Locked on Cardinals is Kyle Shanahan's lost 10 games in three or four seasons, and he looked like, he's looked like as one of the greatest quarterback, uh, head coaches we've ever seen, and I don't get it. I, I understand that they've had injury concerns. Don't draft injury-prone players. You could have passed on Nick Bosa if you wanted to. You knew he had injury concerns, and that's not fair, but it's part of the story. Right. And Debo Samuel, same thing in college. And, and, you know, Trey Lance, to me, could be the Josh Allen of this draft. And the interesting part about it, remember Josh Allen, Mountain West Conference, didn't make the all-conference team and then got drafted top ten? Doesn't make any sense. And look at what's happened with Brian Dable, you know, uh, yep. having him you know, over his wing or whatever. Um, the Rams are always scary because Sean McVay has Cliff Kingsbury's number. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is far and away the worst coach in the, in the NFC West, and I really think that's what it comes down to. Because if you ask Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan what roster they'd like to coach, theirs or the Cardinals, they'd have to think about it. Because the Cardinals have the talent. They just don't have the leadership. So, yeah, it's going to be right. an uphill climb. They're probably not going to win the division. They're probably – I mean, I see them backsliding to, you know, maybe winning seven or eight games this year. It's going to be a rude awakening, especially in that division. So, yeah, it's the toughest division in football. Now, give me your. Uh, you talk about McVeigh a little bit, but give me give me your your thoughts on this Stafford move. I mean, I from afar, I love the move. I love the upgrade. I do believe it's a genuine upgrade from Jared Goff, and it was very clear. It was almost clear, right, almost after the Bills game, that there was something amiss there in L.A. between McVeigh and Goff, and it was just. It looked like it was a relationship that was doomed for what we saw, but it almost felt like there was no logical way for it to happen, especially with the salary cap situation that they're in. Of course, L.A., in how they do things, they figured out a way to do it. How do, uh, how much more legitimate in your eyes is that team now with Matthew Stafford opposed to, to Jared Goff? I think, you know, it's it's about the same. Uh, you can always use the old adage that Matthew Stafford hasn't thrown an important pass in his life. I mean, that's the whole thing with the bright lights of L.A. Sure, I don't think that's fair to Matt Stafford. Uh, Jared Goff's wings were clipped before he even started. I mean, he was a marionette. Sean McVay wouldn't let him think for himself. He wouldn't let him do anything. He's like, oh, you're 6'4", 230, and you have a good arm? Cool, I can work with that. Let me jump in your body and play quarterback for you. Matt Stafford's an adult. And Matt Stafford, you know, he's a good leader. You can go back to the, the, uh, the tape from his rookie year that went viral where he pretty much separated his shoulder and threw a touchdown pass, and they won a mm-hmm. game. Like, that was, that's it. That's what people remember about Matt Stafford because regardless – 
of how few games they won and how injured he's been. He's always been respected in the locker room. He's always been a leader. He's always been that guy. And they need stability as much as they can for the Rams because you talk about shelf life. Their shelf life is about 15 minutes, and then everything's going to get blown up. Because Sean McVay, if they don't win this year, if they don't make a deep run in the playoffs, people are finally going to start, oh, maybe he's not the next Bill Belichick. Maybe he does have uh, issues with his game. and with his, Maybe he's not the smartest dude in the room just because he sounds like John Gruden. You know, it's just right, right. so many things could change, but Stafford will give him stability from the quarterback position, which he hasn't had yet. And we'll see if he's a little bit more hands-off. I think he's a control freak. I don't think he's going to let Stafford do whatever he wants. Yeah, I, I and I say this too, is this is... I hesitate because I recognize he he played with maybe the best wide receiver to ever play. But just in terms of supporting cast, not one player, but the cast around him, it feels like with McVay, plus the experience that Matthew Stafford has had in the league, combine that with guys that like Cooper Cup and, and Rob Woods who just they, they, they get open. Do you do you believe that this is like the best overall supporting cast that he's had? And I include McVeigh in there too. Well, for sure. I don't. I don't think there's a question. And also, you look at the bevy of running backs they have. Even if Cam Akers, because he hasn't had a running back, what do you have, Reggie Bush? Yeah. For like ten <laughs> minutes. I mean, who else? He had the Garrett Blunt. I mean, they didn't have much. I mean, uh, that Scarborough kid, Bo Scarborough yeah. from Alabama, moonlit as a fantasy darling for a couple weeks a couple years ago. Like they didn't. They even had Jack. It was supposed to be Amir Abdullah who never got on the field, even if Cam Akers doesn't pop, even if the last half of, you know, last season he'll run into this wall where people are actually going to watch for him and game plan for him, they've got seven other running backs. Like, it doesn't – defense is – Robert Woods is the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Uh, yep. Cooper Cup, if you can stay healthy, is one of the best – he's one of the most meticulous route runners. Like, it's, it's insane what he can do. And Matthew Stafford's got gas. Yeah. So, yeah, of course it is. I mean, if you ask, you know, if you pool quarterbacks across the NFL, what offense you'd love to lead, the Rams would be top five easy. Yeah, I, I, and, and Alex, I want to go back to talking some Cardinals here because I find the wide receiver position, um, it reminds me a little bit of like how the last 10 years of the Patriots running back room has felt, from just from a fantasy perspective, which is good luck outside of DeAndre Hopkins, good luck finding a guy that you feel like you can count on. And and for a while, the thought was, okay, the Christian Kirk breakout is coming. It's coming, it's coming. I, we promise, uh, you know, Roto World and Fantasy Pros, we promise the Christian Kirk, uh, it's coming, right? And it never really materialized in a way that I think a lot of people thought. So then they go out in in what I would assume is the direct replacement for Christian Kirk in Rondell Moore. You go out and get A.J. Green. I'm not really sure what to make of A.J. Green, um, and maybe you can help me in this discussion understand like what he's going to end up being in this offense because one of the, I think the biggest failure, and I know you'll agree with me this, the biggest failure of Cliff Kingsbury has been has been really not moving DeAndre Hopkins around enough and asking him to basically do the same thing down in and down out. Does that change now that they got another guy that might just do the same thing on the other side? 2015 me is so warm and fuzzy inside <laughs> that AJ Green's an Arizona Cardinal. Are you kidding me? Like what, like So Bo and I were just about to pop on and do our podcast that day. And we're doing it over video, and I just have this big smile on my face. He's like, why are you smiling like you've just seen Santa Claus for the first time? Like, A.J. Green's an Arizona Cardinal. And he's like, what? So let's go back. I mean, it's not like seeing the Beatles for the first time. A.J. Green hasn't been good for the last two years, right? He was injured all of 2019, and it was just a crap box over there in Cincinnati last year. 
I think A.J. Green is, has to be the biggest offseason acquisition for the Cardinals. He has to be. Like, this is something, he's 32 years old, so he's not going to do what he did Thursday night football, 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first half, whatever he did one, one Thursday night. Um, he needs to be a guy that can run 15 yards and turn around. I mean, seriously, he's 6'4", he catches everything and run every route in the route tree. He's one of the best red zone threats in the NFL still. And just because he's underutilized in Cincinnati doesn't mean he won't be underutilized here. It doesn't mean he will be underutilized here. Um, regarding Christian Kirk, I agree. I think that he is collateral damage to Cliff Kingsbury's inability to call an offense correctly. He's shown flashes. Mm. Like the dude's, the dude's lightning quick. He can catch the ball. He's great on the sidelines with, with, with his toes inbounds. Uh, he had four games last year, I think, where he had or th- four, four touchdowns in three games or something like that last year and then never to be heard from again. Uh, Rondell Moore we'll see because he hasn't played pretty much since yeah. the freshman season right. where he broke all those records. Um, and, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is a sticking point for me. Uh, there, was one, there was one image that was put up on Twitter where it was him, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, route, routes run, same week. Those three guys look like last strikes. DeAndre Hopkins was taking it all on the left side of the field. 115 percent over 1,400 yards, and he was completely underutilized <laughs> and misused last year. Right. Like, it's insane. It's insane. He's, to me, he's the best receiver in the NFL. Like, I know Stephon Diggs has his he's, – he's getting there. He's a different receiver. He's faster. Very different, uh, yeah. Probably a better runner. Uh, Devontae Adams, like – He's Devontae Adams without the, without the options. Devontae, the, big, the best stat that I use is Devontae Adams had more red zone receptions than DeAndre Hopkins had targets last year. And it just shows that you want to use your wide receiver one. Why did you, why did you acquire a Ferrari if you're going to drive in first gear? Yeah. So that's, that's it. And that has to change. They're going to move him around more. They did it towards the tail end of last season when it didn't matter anymore. He has to have upwards of 200 targets in, in 17 weeks this year. Like, I don't understand why he's not getting the ball thrown to him every single time. Get picked off once and then stop throwing. Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I hear you, Matt. I, it, it was a conundrum for me as a fantasy owner as well. So you, you, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> Same. Listen, brother, I appreciate you so much. Uh, thanks for joining me. And, of course, if you don't follow Alex, um, you can follow him on Twitter. Tell him where, uh, where they can find your work. Yep, at Locked On AZ Cards on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Uh, let's get our boy here. Um, let's get our boy here verified, Buffalo. Come on, dude. I don't. I don't it's even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. It's time. About it. Listen, I've been doing it for forty-eight hours. It feels. It, I feel like I'm a Willy Wonka's factory, and I'm not one of the kids that died. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.